Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 4th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, gold had a big correction yesterday. We saw about a $40 drop, and we're down about 50 bucks from the Tuesday interday high of $19.20 an ounce. So what the heck happened? Well, the economy is fixed. Yeah, not really. But we got some positive data yesterday, particularly in the job market. The private payroll numbers came in way better than expected. Companies hired about 970,000 workers last month, according to the payroll processing firm ADP. We also saw weekly jobless claims drop below 400,000 for the first time since March 2020. That number came in at 385,000. Now, I have to note that this is still way above pre-pandemic levels. The last time we had weekly jobless claims below this number was March 14, 2020. So that was at the very beginning of the lockdowns. And that week we had 256,000 first-time jobless claims. So we're still way over uh, 100,000 claims higher than that. This doesn't exactly scream rip-roaring recovery to me, but granted, it is a huge improvement over the 650,000 claims a month we were seeing just a couple of months ago. So apparently investors are thinking now, hey, the economy really is improving. That means the Fed is going to have to pivot and start taking on the inflation problem. But are they though? Or I guess the real question is, can they? Some of the Fed people are at least hinting at the possibility, and that's another reason that gold sold off. On Wednesday, Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker uh, said it's appropriate to, quote, slowly, carefully move back on bond purchases at a suitable time. Also talking about quantitative easing, Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan said, quote, I think it would be wiser sooner rather than later to begin discussions about adjusting our purchases with a view to taking the foot off the accelerator gently, gradually, so we can avoid having to depress the brake down the road. But the question remains, does the Fed dare taper bond purchases and let interest rates rise given the level of debt in this economy. As I've been saying for weeks, I don't think so. Now, the thinking is, hey, the economy is improving. That means we won't need the stimulus. Government spending will go back to normal, and so the Fed isn't going to have to keep monetizing all this debt. Uh, Do you realize what normal government spending looks like, especially with Democrats running things? We got a glimpse this week when Joe Biden released his 2022 budget proposal. It's basically borrow and spend to infinity and beyond. Six trillion dollars. That's the proposed spending for next year. Let me repeat that. Six trillion dollars. The Biden budget would take the U.S. to its highest sustained spending level since World War II. And here you thought the pandemic emergency was winding down and spending would go back to normal. Well, apparently this is the new normal. We spend money as if we're in the biggest war in the history of the world. According to the number crunchers, the Biden budget would push the 
debt-to-GDP ratio beyond levels reached during the Second World War. This despite some $3 trillion in tax increases. Projecting into the future, the proposed budget would increase federal spending to $8.2 trillion per year by 2031, meaning annual deficits of over $1.3 trillion. So trillion-dollar deficits, ah, that's going to be the new normal, right? Over the next decade, the Biden plan would add an additional $14.5 trillion to the already enormous national debt. The plan appears to be spend more on everything from the Pentagon to social programs. The uh, budget includes money for Biden's infrastructure plan and the American Families Plan, along with about $1.5 trillion uh, for Pentagon operating expenditures. Now, as with any budget proposal, the reality will likely prove worse than the projections. The government will almost certainly spend more than planned. Of course, all of these programs will cost more than they're telling us, and tax receipts will almost certainly come in under projections. In fact, I read yesterday that Biden has already backed off some of the corporate tax increases. So that means even bigger deficits piled onto the ever-growing national debt. There are also some fantasy numbers cooked into this budget plan. According to White House projections, consumer prices won't rise faster than 2.3% per year, and the Fed is going to slowly raise interest rates from their current rock-bottom levels. That's the assumption in the budget. Now, I think that's sheer nonsense. As the central bank monetizes all of this debt, it creates money out of thin air, right? That's inflation. This means more inflation on top of the inflation that we already have. So it seems really unlikely to me that consumer prices aren't going to rise faster than 2.3% per year, assuming that we continue on the trajectory that we're on now. The notion that inflation will stay kind of around that 2% target, of course, is predicated on either inflation being transitory or monetary policy tightening to hold inflation down. But I still can't imagine that the Federal Reserve can raise rates even as the U.S. government borrows the trillions of dollars necessary to fund all of this spending. Even a modest increase in interest rates would bury Uncle Sam under big interest rate payments on the debt. I mean, it was just a couple of months ago that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was telling us the reason we can spend all of this money right now is because interest rates are so low. So you mean to tell me that they're going to raise interest rates while they're still borrowing all this money? I mean, doesn't it follow that if interest rates aren't so low anymore, the Fed needs to ease up on the spending bench? Now, keep in mind, the central bank makes all of this government borrowing and spending possible by creating artificial demand in the bond market. So the Fed will have to continue buying U.S. Treasuries in order to monetize the massive debt for this $6 trillion worth of spending, right? It seems to me that rolling back monetary policy and spending $6 trillion per year are mutually exclusive policies. But okay, let's play along. Let's say I'm wrong. I mean, I could be wrong. I have a pretty good grasp on the economics, but I really have no clue about the psychology here. I think I think the central bankers know they can't really tighten, but maybe they will follow the playbook and do the tightening thing because that's what you have to do when you have super hot inflation. 
Powell has said that the Fed isn't concerned about the U.S. government's ability to fund its debt. I mean, he did. He actually said that. I mentioned this last week during the show. During congressional testimony last summer, Powell flat out denied that the Fed buys assets, that it buys bonds, in order to facilitate the Treasury's sale of debt. Talking about its massive QE program, Powell said, quote, it wasn't in any way about meeting Treasury supply and it continues not to be. We really don't think about it. So let's take Jay Powell at his word. The Fed doesn't care about debt monetization. It's not worried at all about whether or not the Treasury can borrow all of the money necessary to fund all of this spending. That's not their concern. They just see that the economy is getting better. So they're going to pivot and start tightening to deal with all of the inflation, which suddenly isn't transitory anymore. What happens? I'll tell you what happens. This whole fake-ass recovery collapses because whatever recovery we're seeing is all about inflation and stimulus. This party is a big, drunken binge, and when the Fed pulls the punch bowl, the whole thing is going to come crashing down around us. The Fed can't fight inflation because the economy is recovering. The inflation is the recovery. You fight the inflation, you're fighting the recovery. Mark my words, if this talk about tightening ramps up, if people really look ahead and say, hey, the Fed is going to start raising interest rates, they're going to stop selling bonds, you're going to see a big sell-off in the stock market. And then what is the Fed going to do? Are they going to run in and rescue the stock market like they did in 2018? That's my guess. So here's the thing. I don't get selling gold and silver in this environment. If we're going to have super hot inflation, I want gold. And if the economic house of cards is going to collapse, I still want gold. So I guess we'll see what happens today when we get the Labor Department jobs report. Um, that's actually going to come out here as a, probably as I'm recording. I suspect it will be a lot better than last month and gold will probably sell off some more. Now, if you ask me, that's just a perfect time to buy. There was an interesting bit of news out of Russia this week that didn't get a whole lot of mainstream play. I actually saw the report on Zero Hedge, although uh, CNBC reported on it as well. Russia's sovereign wealth fund is going to dump all of its dollars and dollar-denominated assets. All of them. It's going to replace them with assets denominated in other currencies along with hard assets like gold. The wealth fund currently holds 35% of its liquid assets in dollars worth about $41.5 billion. It has roughly the same amount in euros and the rest spread across yuan, gold, yen, and pounds. So after this latest change, the fund's assets will be held 40% in euros, 30% in yuan, 20% in gold, and 5% each in yen and pounds, and uh, 0% in dollars. The Russian finance minister made the announcement on Thursday morning. Um, He said, quote, we can make this change rather quickly within a month. Now, this is really predominantly foreign policy related, very political. Biden has been threatening more sanctions on Russia because of hacking. And Russia's basically saying, okay, we're going to have as little exposure to your dollars as possible. Uh, We're just going to get rid of them. And that gives you less leverage over us politically. Now, I've talked in the past about de-dollarization as countries such as Russia and China and others try to reduce the amount of economic leverage that the U.S. can hold over them. But here's the bigger question. Is this part of a larger trend and a slide away from dollar dominance? 
That brings us to another article that I ran across in the Financial Times headline, The Demise of the Dollar. Subheadline, the extraordinary stimulus measures in the U.S. could undermine confidence in the greenback if inflation takes off. Now, mind you, as I've already talked about, the stimulus spending, quote-unquote, isn't going anywhere. This is the new normal, even if the pandemic is over. Remember, $6 trillion. Earlier this month, billionaire fund manager Stanley Druckenmiller warned the dollar could cease to be the predominant global reserve currency within 15 years. He said, quote, I can't find any period in history where monetary and fiscal policy were this out of step with the economic circumstances. 15 years. Now, hyperbole? Yeah, maybe. But there has definitely been a slide in dollar dominance. The IMF's latest survey of official foreign exchange reserves showed that the share of U.S. dollar reserves held by central banks fell to 59% during the fourth quarter of 2020. That's the lowest level in 25 years. This compares with a share of 71% when the euro was launched back in 1999. Now, interestingly, a lot of central banks are buying gold. I'll uh, link to an article in the show notes page uh, that highlights the latest gold buying statistics from uh, the central banks. Anyway, here's the big takeaway from that Financial Times article. Quote, there is general agreement that the biggest single peacetime threat to reserve currency status is economic and financial mismanagement. Uh, Yeah, we've got that in spades, right? Going on, And with the Federal Reserve having abandoned its longstanding commitment to tightening policy in anticipation of inflation and President Joe Biden going big with fiscal policy, the fear that inflation could undermine the currency is mounting. The article goes on to say, quote, the anti-inflationary credibility won at such high cost by the Fed over the past 40 years may now be in question, causing foreign investors to worry that the U.S. will inflate away the value of their treasury holdings. So people out there in the world, outside of the United States, are concerned about dollar devaluation. You and I should probably also be concerned about dollar devaluation. Now, I'm not here to announce the imminent demise of the dollar. This looks to me more like a slow burn than an explosion. But given enough time, a slow burn will destroy a building every bit as much as a sudden detonation. Looking ahead, the real question becomes, do you believe that the U.S. will substantively shift policy? Will Joe Biden roll back the spending? Will the Fed really tighten monetary policy and stop printing money? If I'm sitting in some other country, I'm not particularly confident in the long-term health of the dollar. In fact, sitting here in Florida, I'm not particularly confident in the long-term health of the dollar. I think it's important to look beyond today's jobs report or sudden dollar strength or you know today's gold sell-off and project ahead. I don't really see any rosy scenarios that can play off down the road. So here's the question. Are you prepared for what's ahead? If you don't know, if not, I highly recommend talking to a shift gold precious metal specialist today. You can do that by calling 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can simply shoot them an email to info at shiftgold.com. They can help you look at your personal situation, your portfolio, and help explain how precious metals can help shield you from dollar 
devaluation, which most certainly is a thing. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're on Stitcher. You'll find links to this stuff over on the show notes page. As always, I very much appreciate the fact that you've listened to the show. And I will talk to you next week.